You're listening to the Flicks You Off Podcast at FlixYouOffPodcast.com. It's Sunday, April 22nd, 2012, Season 1, Episode 8. AMC TV is for me. This is the Flick Shoe Off Podcast. <laughs> everyone to the Flick Shoe Off podcast, the only podcast that streams to your eyes. I am the Dapper Don Juan of Digital Media Giggity, and I'm here to bring you the very best in streaming media. Today you'll be joining me as we become a madman, fight back zombies, and solve a killing as we look at the very best in AMC TV. Why don't we get things started off on the good foot and see what's new to stream. <laughs> What's new to streaming? That's right, folks, we've got intros. <laughs> anyway, so what's new to streaming for the week of April 15th through April 22nd? Well, on Netflix, if you are a music lover, we have got concerts and music movies galore um apparently netflix has uh struck a new contract with some type of company that holds the rights to a lot of dvds um they're kind of like dvd cd hybrids and um they've got a lot of them on streaming um i mean ranging from White Clef Jean, Tori Amos, Sex Pistols, Queen, Ray Charles, Metallica, Bob Marley and the Wailers, The Wu-Tang Clan, Puddle of Mud, Nirvana, Korn, Jay-Z, Jamiroquai, The Doors, Beatles, and Alicia Keys, and that is only a short list of what has released. Um, so if you're a music lover, you know, this was one of the, the good updates for you because they've got a lot of stuff for you to, to check out. Um, in addition, uh, I think Netflix has struck another uh, contract deal with, uh, I think it's Paramount, that does all the Marvel animated movies, direct-to-DVD movies. Um, so we've got the uh, Doctor Strange, Ultimate Avengers 1 and 2, Thor, Tales of Asgard, Next Avengers, Heroes of Tomorrow, The Invincible Iron Man, and Hulk Versus. Um, I've watched a couple of these already, and you know they're fantastic if you love uh, Marvel comic books and you know just need something to pop in and watch. Um, in addition, uh, the 2011 animated season one of Bob's Burgers is available. The Up and Smoke tour, which features Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, and Ice Cube. The 2004 Mel Gibson film, The Passion of the Christ. The 2000 cult classic Donnie Darko. The 1993 TV series The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And season 6 of American Dad are on available on Netflix. On the Zune Voodoo Epics Crackle Marketplace, 
We've got uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol starring Tom Cruise and Jeremy Renner. The first season of Alphas, season 7 of American Dad, and Born to be Wild. So, what am I watching this week? What are you watching this week? I said, what are you watching this week? What you watching this week? It's a put you off show. Netflix to Hulu, like you didn't know. It's me, the gig and me on your iTunes stream. What you watching this week? What you watching this week? What you watching this week? Yeah! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Anyway. So what am I watching this week? Well, we are still watching Star Trek The Next Generation. We have finished Season 6 as of today and have started the first episode in the final season of the Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm really stoked about it and I'm really excited to get into DS9. So, um, you know, look forward to that and then after DS9 on the Voyager. So, uh, still heavily watching a lot of Star Trek series. Um, in addition to that, I've caught up on Swamp People, the um, documentary-style uh, TV show about swampers in Louisiana. Um, I've also caught up on uh, Sweet Genius, the cooking competition on uh, the Food Network, in addition to um, Chopped the all-stars um, other than that I'm not really watching too much uh, we had just wind down here in um, my finals so I've got a lot of time for the next two weeks so expect to be watching a lot of stuff including catching up on Mad Men Game of Thrones and the Borges um, so I'm getting pretty excited about that so before we get into the Flicks You Off topic discussion for this week, let's go and see exactly what you should be sitting down and snacking on in this segment, Streaming Snacks. Computer, I would like a soda, please. It's time for that segment that we've all been waiting for. Is your belly rumbling? Well, this is Streaming Snacks, brought to you by the Flick Shoe Off Podcast. That's right, it's Streaming Snacks with the Flick Shoe Off Podcast. I've got two things that you should be snacking on as you are watching your Netflix streaming, your Hulu, your Zune Voodoo, Epics, Crackle, or any other streaming media that you may be consuming. You're consuming digital media and your belly needs to consume delicious food and beverages. Um, there's something that Lay's came out with, uh, I would say maybe four or five years ago. Um, and I am particularly fond of these. Lay's Kettle Cooked Original Potato Chips. When Lay's decided to stray away from their normal potato chip line and produce kettle cooked potato chips that was probably one of the best things Lay's could have ever done I wasn't a big Lay's fan and truth be told I would rather eat Ruffles or Doritos or pretzels you know something uh, aside from Lay's because Lay's potato chips although they are the classic potato chip really weren't all that great 
but when they came out with the kettle cooked line, that completely changed. I love kettle cooked potato chips. I think they are delicious. They have that really nice crunch and bite to them, and I think that you know I can eat bags and bags of kettle cooked potato chips if I had them in front of me, which is not always a good thing. So please. Make sure that you eat them in moderation and don't gorge yourself on a full bag of potato chips while watching streaming media. Um, as for beverage this week, it actually came to a recommendation by one of the Twitter followers that I have uh, by the name of Slaughterhouse Jack. Now, Slaughterhouse Jack, I know him through the Vent Chat podcast at ventchat.com. And I was recently sent a care package from California from one of the VentChat hosts, which consumed, or which contained, various amounts of alcohol, which was great. It was a Easter gift, and I greatly appreciated it. Now I wasn't—I'm not a big Jägermeister or a big Rumpelmintz drinker, so I kind of asked the community over at theventchat.com, what should I drink? with these two alcohols. Uh, Slaughterhouse Jack informed me that if you mix the two alcohols together it forms a drink called the Timberwolf. And although I'm not a super big fan of licorice type drinks, which that's the way it tasted, it actually was very delicious. So I highly suggest you know Put it on the rocks, a little Jägermeister, a little Rumpelmintz in equal portions into a glass, and have yourself a Timberwolf, courtesy of Sliderhaus Jack. So let's get right into it today. The thing that you've all been waiting for, the Flick Shoe Off Topic Discussion, AMC TV is for me. It's time for the Flick Shoe Off Main Topic Discussion. Alright, let's get right into the Flicks You Off topic discussion, which is AMC TV is for me, and AMC has done something remarkable in the past couple of years. They have vaulted themselves as one of the premier cable networks out there that is putting out some great shows left and right. Um, it seems that every show that they are putting out on the air um, has gained a lot of popularity, a lot of following, and it's justified because the stuff that they're putting out is spot on good. Uh, I'm pretty much a watcher of almost all of their uh, programming, and it's because they've got good directors, good writers, good producers, good actors and actresses behind each and every show that they are putting out. So, if you are not watching AMC TV, you are living under a rock, as far as I'm concerned. Now, the first series that I'm going to be talking about started in 2007, and it is ongoing. Uh, season 5 is airing currently right now on AMC TV. It was created by uh, Matthew Weiner. Stars John Hamm, January Jones, Elizabeth Moss, Christina Hendricks, and John Slatery. Yes, I am talking about Mad Men. There are 52 episodes and 4 seasons now available on Netflix streaming. 
in addition to your other streaming devices. Um, season 5, like I said, is currently airing on AMC TV. I think they're three or four episodes in. And this is the synopsis. Set in the 1960s New York City, this AMC TV series takes a peek inside an ad agency during an era when the cutthroat business had glamorous lure. When the cigarette smoke clears and the martinis are set down, at the center of it all is this ad man, Don Draper, played by John Hamm. Meanwhile, his marriage suffers as his wife, Betty, played by January Jones, recoils from his womanizing ways. Garnering numerous awards, the show also stars John Slatery and Elizabeth Moss, in addition to a lot of other uh, good actors and actresses. Um, this is one of the head horses of the AMC TV network. It is one of my favorite shows personally. As you know, um, I've talked about period piece um, movies and period piece TV shows in the past before. So it's no surprise that I actually enjoy this series. Um, the funny thing about this series is that it has been on Netflix for a while. Um, I would say maybe two or three years. And I was one of the people that put it on the back burner. You know, I heard a lot about the hype of it, you know, from people talking around me. Like, hey, have you watched Mad Men? You know, oh, it's a really great show. And I had it on my queue for a really long time. Um, I actually tried to watch it once or twice before. Um, you know, I sat down a couple of years ago, watched the first or the second episode, but it didn't hook me for some reason. Now, I'm not sure if it was because maybe I was watching something else at that time, but it didn't hook me. Then the year after, I decided to try it again. The same thing. Like, I watched the first episode, and it didn't hook me again. But for some reason, the third time when I watched it, it was probably because I didn't have anything on my plate on my viewing schedule. Um, it was a break in between like Boardwalk Empire and Game of Thrones. I decided to sit down and actually give it a try, uh, give it a serious try, not kind of just have it in the background or, or kind of dismiss it, but sit down and let the story envelop, uh, let the story develop, and you know give it a serious serious watch and from then on I was hooked um, there are things that I noticed in the first episode that I hadn't noticed the first two times I tried to watch it and it's because I noticed these elements the the elements between the characters and the development of story that really pulled me into watching Mad Men um, it is something that I, for some reason, I didn't catch the first time around. Um, so, I mean, this is just goes to show you, if you watch a TV show and you don't like it right off the bat, you know, either put it away and come back to it later at a different time, or actually try to analyze it in a way where you aren't judging it like right off the bat. You know, I think it's too because like all the hype around it that I wasn't impressed when I first watched it. But when I f actually sat down and kind of blocked out what other people were saying, is when it actually clicked for me. And this this story is spectacular. You know, you've got this this dapper 
you know, Don Juan by the name of Don Draper. He's he's an admin in the 1960s. He, you know, in the 1960s, you see how a lot of things were vastly different, you know? Like things like with smoking and with the way people treat each other is, is vastly different. People were having affairs left and right. People were, you know, very cutthroat and very cunning and quick to stab you in the back and it's it's very compelling um, and we follow you know the main character is Don Draper and we follow his life and see how he develops through each season and it vastly changes from season to season um, and you know and the, some of the characters you love and some of the characters you end up hating and that you know I think that's one of the key things of a good television show is that if they pull you into a story where you actually gain some type of it, it evokes an emotion in you where you actually either care about a character or you hate a character um, you know that's something that's that's key to any series so if you're not pushing that button uh, that emotional button then your series is gonna tank I mean that's the reason why a lot of these ABC NBC Fox some of their shows, you know, they end after six episodes. They end after one season because their shows just don't entertain on the level that some of the other cable networks like AMC, HBO, Showtime, uh, we're talking about FX. Um, a lot of these sh television uh, stations are putting out some compelling pieces of media that evoke emotion in people that keeps them wanting to watch over and over and over again um, you know it's great so I say you should definitely check out Mad Men um, like I said season 5 is currently airing it, it is a spectacular piece of television the next series I'm going to talk about uh, started in 2010 and is ongoing season 2 actually just finished airing on the uh, AMC TV and we are talking about the zombie hit sensation The Walking Dead. Uh, the director of the first season was Frank Darabont and it was starring Andrew Lincoln, John Bernathal, and Sarah Wayne Callies. Um, this is a series that was developed from a comic book, no less and translated into television. Um, there are currently six episodes and season one, which is available on Netflix. Season two just finished airing and you can find all of season two on Zune, Hulu, or not Hulu, but Zune, Voodoo, um, Epics, Crackle, etc. Uh, Sheriff Deputy Rick Grimes awakens from a coma to discover the world plagued by zombies and a small band of human survivors forced into small, fiercely productive groups. Falling back on his old job, Rick sets out to lead mankind out of the darkness. Walking Dead has been has gotten its ups and downs from me particularly. So I don't want you to when I talk about this series, I don't want you to get discouraged to watching it because it is actually a very good television series. 
and I am coming from a very biased area when I talk about The Walking Dead because I am a huge, huge fan of the comic book, which is actually currently still running. Um, when I was watching season one of The Walking Dead, I was amazed, like everyone else. Completely amazed by the not only accuracy, but the way that um, Frank Darabont was able to portray the comic book to the television series. He did a very good job in season one. It um, it was one of the most amazing things to see. Like I talked about last episode, it's amazing to see a comic book come to life. It's see, it's amazing to see something that you love dearly um, translated into uh, a different medium that you could actually consume it. So, for me to see The Walking Dead on TV um, was spectacular. And one of the things about The Walking Dead was I started reading The Walking Dead on the suggestion of a, a podcaster by the name of Scott Johnson. Um, he had mentioned on one of his radio shows that he he couldn't put down The Walking Dead, that it was a spectacular read. And me, being the lover of comic books, decided to go ahead and pick up The Walking Dead. And he was right. Uh, it was... The thing, unique thing about it is it's a black and white comic book. And it is not so much more... It's not really about the zombie apocalypse more than it is about um, human development and human emotion and relationships than anything else. That is the strong thing about the comic book is that um, the relationships that the characters have with one another and the fact that no character in The Walking Dead is safe. Now when I when I talk about no character on The Walking Dead is safe is that the the writer uh, Kirkman of The Walking Dead he he doesn't see like usually when you read comic books or you see a TV show or or anything the main characters you're pretty sure that regardless of whatever they go through they're gonna be okay at the end but with The Walking Dead no main character is safe um, no main character is, um, you know, someone can die at any time. Um, and that makes it very real in the sense that, I mean, that's just the way that life is. You know, anything can happen at any time. And you might not be here tomorrow if you're here today, that type of thing. So, it, um, uh, it invokes that type of emotion where things aren't safe in this walking dead world. Um, and I thought the the first six episodes were brilliant. First episode was amazing. Um, for me personally, I thought that it kind of faltered at the end just because it kind of steered away from the comic book. And that's my only gripe about the Walking Dead series thus far. From season one to season two, there are some key elements in the actual storyline that have been altered for television which I understand as a connoisseur of of television 
and movies is that I understand that things that are you know, on paper, um, on books, on comic books, on other media, remakes, whatever, whenever they are making it into a TV series or making it into a movie, I highly understand that sometimes story has to be changed in order to fit the criteria. So, I'm not um, too griped about it, but at the same time, there are key situations where I'm disappointed. Um, but again, it's not a way to steer you away. If anything, that the Walking Dead TV series has done for for every, anybody is that people watch the Walking Dead TV series without reading the comic book and they are compelled to pick up a comic book. You know, I know a lot of people that have never picked up a comic book in their entire life. And after watching this series and after finding out that it actually developed from a comic book no less they decide to go to their local comic book store and pick up you know the first trade paperback which has 10 or 12 uh, volumes in it or not volumes but issues so that's that's key that is something amazing if if a TV show based on a comic book can get someone that has never read comic books in their life to go to a comic book store and pick up the comic book version of The Walking Dead I think that's just crazy for one but amazing um, no less so definitely go watch The Walking Dead it is a great piece of cinema uh, on television and um, a lot of people are enjoying it I do enjoy it for for the most part, and um, I'm stoked to see season three and the arc that they are currently uh, driving towards. The next series is a uh, series that released out in 2011, and season two is currently airing. There are 13 episodes on season one, and is available on all your streaming media devices. It stars Morelli Enos. Joel Kinnaman and Jamie Ann Allman. Yes, I am talking about The Killing. The disappearance of a young Seattle girl sets in motion this moody crime series centering on a detective, Sarah Linden, who's trying to start a new life in California but is unable to walk away from the mysterious or mysteries posted by the complex case. Um I really like this series. I I like this series because I'm partial to crime series. Um, I, there are a lot of them that I enjoy. Um, I am a big fan of Law and Order, uh, specifically SVU and Criminal Intent. Um, you know, I've caught a couple episodes of CSI here and there, um, but I really do enjoy, like for example, Luther. Luther is great. Thi uh, a great uh, series that centers around uh, crime and stuff like that and so when approaching this series I was actually very intrigued because typically when you're uh, watching crime series it's it's episodic in the sense that there's a crime detectives come in 
they solve the crime, case closed. Um, at the most, it'll be a couple of episodes where they go over a case. You know, it's it's very rare that a a case will actually span the whole series. So that's the one thing that I think is is very compelling for the killing is that this mysterious case spans the whole series. Um, that is the center of the entire concept of this um, crime series, uh, opposed to other series, you know, which is very episodic. Um, there is a lot of twists and turns in this series, which I find very exciting. Like, you don't know who the killer is, they go chase a lead, they think it might be this guy, and then it ends up being a total 360. And the complexity of this case and the way they are able to work it in each and every character uh, makes The Killing a really good TV series. Um, you know, there are some people that didn't like it for whatever reason, um, but, you know, I, I personally enjoy it. It's, it's very exciting. You know, like, you watch this TV series, you... The thing that that's good about crime TV series is that when you're watching it trying to figure out who did it and um, when you have a series that is not episodic because um, when you're watching something that's episodic like a Law and Order or a CSI you can typically figure out who it is in the span of the show before the show's end um, so a very different thing with the killing is that the whole entire series you are trying to figure out who this killer is and a lot of the times your initial guess or whatever is just thrown out of the whack because it, you know it's not that simple so uh, definitely go check out the killing um, you know, so like I said, season two is airing. I think it actually just premiered, uh, I think, a week ago or, or two weeks ago. Spectacular series. Um, keep you on the edge of your seat and bring out the gumshoe in you. Um, let's see here. The next series I want to talk about started in 2008. It is ongoing season four. Actually, I think just finished airing on AMC TV. Uh, it was directed by Vince Gillian, starring Brian Cranston, Anne Gunn, and Aaron Paul. There are 33 episodes and three seasons available on Netflix streaming, in addition to all your other media devices. This is The Breaking Bad. Emmy winner Brian Cranston stars as Walter White, a high school science teacher who learns he has terminal lung cancer, and teams up with a former student to manufacture and sell high-quality crystal meth in order to secure his family's future. Now, this is one of those series that borderlines on doing something bad for the morally good. You know, we can all respect a man that would be willing to do anything for his family, for his family's future. Especially someone that has lung cancer. Regardless of how immoral his decisions may be over the course of time, we can admire someone that is trying to do good for his family. 
for uh, taking point. If you've ever watched the series Dexter, Dexter is a serial killer that kills serial killers. Even though it's wrong that he's a serial killer, he's killing people that are innately bad. So, in the sense, you know, yes, we can see that his actions are bad, but at the same time feel kind of good and justified because he is killing bad people, you know. So, that is an example of a TV show that has a character, a centralized character that may be doing something morally wrong in the sense of, you know, case in point, manufacturing high-quality crystal meth and selling it to people in order to secure his family's future and to make sure that they're okay. So, um, you know, a lot of people love this TV series. I personally, I'm starting to get into it. Um, I really enjoyed the series series. It's very good, very concise, lots of twists and turns, lots of action and drama, and, and like, you, you root for him. You root for Walter White throughout the series because, you know, like, he's just trying to do something for his family, and it's something that anybody would want to do for their family. Not necessarily make meth, but to secure your family's future. You know, when I personally die... I want to make sure that my family is well off so they don't have to worry about anything about me when I pass away. So that is, I believe, the dream of, of anybody, any human being in this entire world. So uh, I'm not going to go into too much into Breaking Bad because it is a complex story and um, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. But it is one of uh, you know AMC's flagship shows and definitely worth um, your time in regards to watching. The last show that I'm going to be talking about today is actually a brand new show. Um, it actually premiered I think a week ago and one of the curious things about this show is that its episode one pilot um, was shown on Netflix as soon as it aired. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that this may be a trend uh, with Netflix picking up some shows and some contracts where they are the premier source of, um, you know, putting a pilot out. So there's only one episode um, for this pilot, and it is available through until May 28th. So make sure that you check this out. It is a 2012 uh, ongoing series, and it is a uh, reality-type show um, directed by Eli Holzman. This is The Pitch. AMC's new original series, The Pitch, offers viewers an intense, gripping, never-before-seen glimpse into America's top ad agencies. Each week, watch two ad agencies as they compete to win a new client the only way they can, by going head-to-head -head in a cutthroat, winner-takes-all showdown, a presentation known as The Pitch. With only seven days to prepare, the pressure perform is intense. The whining, the brainstorming, the blue sky thinking, it's all here as the teams work around the clock and pray for the moment of inspiration that will win them the job and keep their companies alive. The drama is real, the stakes are high, and the clock is 
ticking. This actually goes pretty well with uh, the first series that we talked about, Mad Men, because it does involve ad agencies. Um, so basically you have two ad agencies and you have a a company that wants one of these ad agencies to promote their product and the unique thing about this competition show is that you have two conglomerate ad agencies that are trying to figure out exactly how they want to pitch this product for this consumer or not consumer but for this company and um, it is a very unique way and, and unique thing to see how these individuals think in order for us the consumer to look at these products in a light that compels us to purchase them so um, it is it is pretty entertaining I, I enjoyed it thoroughly and I, I think I enjoyed it more because I like Mad Men so much um, to actually see the creative process um, and the the way that this you know business works in ads you know I, I was very close to pursuing something in advertisement um, I was an art major for a long time and graphic design was something that I was highly interested in and one of the things about graphic design is that a lot of your jobs are in the ad agency um, so it's very interesting very compelling to see how these ad agencies work and how they're able to pitch things to other people you know it's very good um, very entertaining well that's it for the flicks you off discussion topic for this week make sure you go out on AMC TV check out some of these shows check out some of the shows that I didn't mention like comic book men and all the other series that they've got out there um, I think AMC is great, and I know that you will too. Now let's get into a little darker side this week as we dive into the streaming blacklist. You have been warned. This is the Flicks You Off streaming blacklist. That's right, it's time for the streaming blacklist, and this is the part of the show where I tell you three things that you should not be watching on any of your streaming media devices. Something that you should not, you should ban from your digital library. The first series that I'm going to talk about is a 1997 animated series called Gadget Boy's Adventures in History. Gadget Boy, the bionic kid detective, returns with Heather and G9 as they travel through time around the world trying to stop evil Spydra from interfering with historical events like the discovery of fire and Neil Armstrong's moonwalk. Now, on face value, this might be good for a kid. Um, particularly, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, it's very misleading too because when you actually see the cover of this um, series he looks like Inspector Gadget and that's what he's based off of you know it's like a miniature Inspector Gadget thus the title Gadget Boy 
And he travels through time and space in order to stop historical events. Yada, yada, yada. And this is one of those animated series that has been rated low for some time. And it is justified because it really is a POS um, series. You know, there's much better animated series to be showing your children that can invoke more knowledge and more gain more for their intellectual stimuli than this Gadget Boy's Adventures in History. So please mark it on your blacklist and erase it from your mind. The next is a 1998 film called Dr. Doolittle. Funny man Eddie Murphy portrays the titular San Francisco doc who regains his childhood gift for conversing with critters when he hits his head on the windshield of his car. Soon his new ability leads a business opportunity. When word spreads throughout the animal kingdom, his clinic turns into a virtual zoo overrun with sheep, horses, birds, rats, dogs, and a suicidal tiger, all suffering from an array of mostly comic maladies. Now, I'm sorry Eddie Murphy, that you are asked to do this this film but I am more so uh, sorry for the way that your career has turned out <laughs> I'm just gonna say it because I love Eddie Murphy but not 90's Eddie Murphy <laughs> not 2000's Eddie Murphy I love the 80's Eddie Murphy I loved his stand-ups. I loved his his uh, 80s movies, Coming to America, Trading Places, um, Boomerang. Those were all brilliant and hilarious movies. But Eddie Murphy, what are you doing? Dr. Doolittle, what are you doing? Daddy Daycare, what are you doing? Come on, Eddie Murphy, what are you doing? <sighs> Eddie Murphy started to do these kind of uh, family-friendly uh, movies, and I think that you know maybe he just wanted to get away from his the way that he did his his movies in the past. Like in the '80s, he was very you know raunchy at times, but very hilarious, but and very brilliant, but. Anything that he's put out from the 90s and on is just per BS. I mean, okay, he is supposed to be starring in a sequel to the movie Twins. Twins starred Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. He, the movie is going to be called Triplets and is going to star Eddie Murphy as... Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito's lost brother. I'm about to pick up my keyboard and throw it on the wall. That is something that you should not do. And I'll leave it as that. I am sorry, Eddie Murphy, for the way that your career has turned. The last movie has been called one of the worst movies in movie making history 
It was made in 2003. It is called Geely. Small-time thug Larry Geely, played by Ben Affleck, kidnaps the brother of a district attorney in order to save a mob kingpin, played by Al Pacino, from prosecution. But when Geely's superior doesn't trust him to finish the job, he sends in a gorgeous lesbian Ricky, played by Jennifer Lopez, to assist. Geely is at, uh, at once offended by his boss's lack of faith and infatuated with Ricky's beauty. Despite its big-name cast, the film was considered one of the worst movies of 2003. 2003? Shit. This is one of the worst movies of all time. This should not even grace your eyelids to see, because it is so bad. I am sorry, Ben Affleck. I am sorry, Jennifer Lopez. I am sorry, Al Pacino, for you being put in this film. But it is god awful, and um, yeah, I there's nothing that I can say about this film that is redeeming. Um, like I said, it's one of the worst films in movie making history, and it's even in the damn synopsis of this freaking description of the movie. I mean, it says it right there. Despite its big-name cast, the film was considered one of the worst movies in 2003. When you've got that in your synopsis, that is displayed on Netflix, there's nothing for me to say, because they've said it all. It is horrible. Horrible. Okay, before we get out today, a few Flicks You Off streaming shout-outs and special thanks. Special thanks to the Vent Chat podcast at ventchat.com Fen Estesauce Turd Hat thank you for having me do what I do and inspiring me to do better they are a general random comedy podcast and I suggest you check them out at ventchat.com they are live every Saturday night at 12am Eastern Standard Time we've got the boys at the Slash 2 podcast Rusty V and Cormus a general random BS and video game podcast. They are live every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They are a bunch of crazy individuals, and I love each and every one of them. TheSundering.net. The Sundering is a video game podcast with the infamous Seraphis, Raphis, and Zia. These guys are hilarious, and I cannot miss a podcast that they put out. They are hilarious, and I love them very deeply. Make sure to visit thegeekhole.net, your one-stop shop for the geeky community in podcasting, video gaming, and everything in between. Go over and join. If you want to game with some great individuals... If you want to listen to some great video gaming geek podcast, make sure you go over to thegeekhole.net, sign up. With over 500 members, you will be embraced with all geeky goodness. Make sure you contact the Flicks You Off podcast by emailing, uh, emailing us at flicksyouoff at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at flicksyouoffcast.com. 
and at giggity2157, that's G-I-G-G-I-D-E-E-2157, visit our website at theflicksyouoffpodcast.com, visit our forums at thegeekhole.net, stream us from your mobile devices on the Stitcher Radio, and find us on iTunes. My name is Giggity, and this has been one heck of a show. I'm out.